Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today we're talking about growing carrots. And I know, I know I missed an episode recently and there's just been a lot going on here on the homestead. I've been super busy with the chicken coop build over the last couple of weeks. And for those of you that have been part of the Facebook group, you've probably seen pictures of that coming up to show you the progress and now the snow has finally melted I can actually get into my garden and the water has drained away so much faster this year so I have been putting in more no-till garden beds and if you're interested to see how I have been building my no-till garden beds um, I did a video and put that up on YouTube so you can kind of see how those beds were built in fall and that's the same way that I'm doing them right now um i would love to be able to be doing another video and showing you how to do that but we were actually working on videoing how we've been building the chicken coop over i don't know however many days um it is still going and unfortunately my camera that i used to video with um, got blown over and has broken so um, now I'm having to wait and save up um, to get a new camera sometimes these things happen um, and unfortunately um, the the wind got it that wasn't like I didn't expect um, it wasn't windy and then it was windy um, so yeah the camera got blown over and broken which is very sad um, so there is going to be some videos coming up of the chicken coop build but not all of it's going to be there unfortunately um, because we keep we need to keep moving um, with building the coop um, since we have chicks that we have ordered from the hatchery that are going to be here um, relatively soon so we want to make sure that they have a home to go to. Um, on the garden front um, this is quite exciting because I don't know if it's the wood chips that are down there now but everything has been draining a lot faster um, although of course we've had a lot of changes on the property from um, the previous year so there was a large like 90 foot chicken barn that was there like an old commercial one um, that had kind of fallen apart and um, that was all brought down so now we have a lot more light getting onto the property um, so I think that's kind of helped have the snow um, clear a lot faster um, so now we're starting to see a little bit more different um, plants coming up like there's been daffodils that are now coming up on the what was the north side of that old commercial barn um, those are starting to come up which were not there before um, and now because there's a large concrete pad where the old barn used to stand on um, it's definitely a lot warmer in certain areas of my garden so much so um, that I think I would also consider having some raised beds like raised planters on the concrete pad um, to try growing you know more warm heat loving crops in and see if I get a better harvest from doing that there and also it's kind of going to be near the chicken coop too so you know there's some extra feed items for the the coop but as I've been building the garden beds um, down in the main homestead garden I mean there's deer footprints 
all over the place so anything that I'm going to be planting is going to need to be protected from the deer so that now means that finishing the fence in that area is really high on the priority list and I'll be honest like one of the things that we're finding as we're doing this homesteading thing on a slightly bigger scale than before is you know timings to get things done is taking a lot longer um the coop build like really should have been done like we we felt thought that this really would have been done already and we would have had this built and we would have had the fencing up um and that is not the case things are taking a lot longer than um we'd expected so now we're having to kind of juggle and reshift priorities to help make sure things are done and that things stay on track and luckily you know we've got really great neighbors who've helped do stuff so my neighbor came over with his tractor and moved all of this wood chip that we had at the top of the property so there was some like tree trimming that was going on like last year after a windstorm and we kind of asked the um the company that was doing the tree trimming down our road whether they could dump the wood chips like at our house and they're like sure so we got um a couple of loads which was great and um now you know my neighbor was able to move them you know like an acre down the property for me um so i'm not having to keep running up and down with with the wheelbarrow so that has helped enormously um in cutting out the timing so um never underestimate um how wonderful neighbors can be when it comes to trying to get things done particularly if you live um you know a, a little more rurally or you find people who are like-minded through various like meetup groups and stuff you know homesteaders love to help each other out and you know helping somebody get their garden set up or you know helping share your produce across you know like hey you know i've got like way more beans and oh i've got way more potatoes can we swap you know that helps everybody succeed which is one of the really lovely things about where i live so um you know we're kind of looking at doing that a little bit with with chickens um to some extent so we're raising chickens for eggs and also my husband's got some meat birds coming and we want to be able to share those with our neighbors but when it comes to um you know getting the garden done i mean there's a lot that i can be starting right now um here in maine so i can be starting beets i can start cilantro dill lettuce peas carrots um radishes rocket or arugula um, I could be doing turnips, green onions, shallots. I can even be transplanting my onions, um, bulbing fennel and chicory. So there's a lot of stuff that can be put out in the garden. Um, but I don't want to be putting it out yet until this fencing is done. Because last year the deer ate so much of our stuff um, that, you know, we, we really um, were very grateful for our neighbors sharing their early spring harvests of things because the deer just kept eating ours um so unfortunately um because the deer have gotten used to having this beautiful or you can eat buffet over at my house um i need to definitely get some fencing up to help um, mitigate that 
Now today I want to talk about carrots because carrots are one of those crops that seem to be super easy for people to grow um, or a bit of a challenge for others and for me they've been a, a bit of a mixed bag really um, depending on where I've lived. When I lived in Utah I actually managed to have some carrots grow well um, but my elderly border collie Sparky he seems to know when they are ready before I do and he harvests them himself out of a raised bed and um, helps himself to the carrots before I get a chance to. Um, I think if I were to breed a carrot variety I would have to name it after him because he's always seemed to have snaffled the carrots before I did. Um, yeah so I've got one dog that eats kale the other one that eats carrots. I've had one that's been snacking on you know sweet peas so yeah, my, my dogs seem to um, like to forage in the garden as well. Um, but um, carrots have been, you know, hit and miss. I've not tried. Well, no, I, I did try growing them here last year, but they didn't. Um, I didn't get much success in terms of the germination. So this year I'm really trying to focus in on growing carrots, partly because my husband said that if I grew a successful crop of carrots, then he wouldn't eat meat for a month, which would be actually really nice because I don't eat meat and he eats meat. So often like he'll have already eaten before I get home from work. Um, and you know I kind of miss having like shared meals and stuff together so um, I'm determined to get a crop of carrots growing so I thought it would be fun to share a bit about carrots in today's podcast episode. So carrots are also known as uh, Dorcas Karata um, as they're known in or Daucus maybe Daucus Karata I think Dorcas Karata is kind of funnier though um, but that's their binomial name. They're actually part of the Apiaceae family. And um, that's the same family that includes fennel, dill, celery, parsley, parsnips, caraway, and also the wild carrot Queen Anne's Lace, which you've heard me talk about before on other podcast episodes. And that particular plant poses some challenges for seed savers particularly those of us that are in the northeast but also in the midwest and historically carrots are believed to have originated in Afghanistan and they spread to Europe and Asia around the 10th century so carrots have been in domestication for a long time but they very very readily will cross with wild carrots and revert back so we you know as as much as we have been domesticating carrots they're one of those crops that like to revert back quite quickly um so when we're saving seed we have to think about that and take some precautions um to stop that from happening but historians believe that the earliest cultivated carrots were purple or yellow rather than the orange roots that we typically see today in the grocery store. Um, the orange carrot that we know today gained popularity sometime in the 17th century and has been in fashion ever since. However, as you know, the, the heirloom seed market has kind of evolved and we as gardeners have started to see a lot more availability of these 
amazing different varieties that are being um that have been stewarded and now are being shared for us to grow we're starting to see this beautiful kaleidoscope of colors that are coming through for our carrots and you know we want to try growing something different i have very much enjoyed growing um the dragon carrots which have been kind of purple on the outside and then they're orange on the inside um there was a swiss land race variety um, i think they were called nif um g-n-i-f-f is how they were spelt and those grew very well for me and they were a great little storage carrot um they were kind of this yellow flushed on the inside and purple on the outside they were incredibly um you know delightful carrots to eat and i would definitely grow those again but the more like carrot varieties are coming available and there's lots of breeding efforts that are being done for carrots so we're now starting to see um a lot more um different colors being available even in the grocery store i've seen different colors of carrots being readily available so we're starting to you know see that there's something more than a plain old orange carrot and those early carrots that were grown were grown not only for people to eat but also as fodder and forage crops for animals on farms and on holdings um so there's lots of different crops that you can grow for your animals and in fact if you had an acre of land and you were wanting livestock over half of the acre would need to be put to use in growing things like grass or hay and silage for them to eat but also fodder crops for your animals fodder crops include things like beets mangles wurzels that is a legitimate um fodder crop is a wurzel um and also things like kale and if you look at different heirloom varieties of seeds it's really interesting to see that some of these crops were originally animal feed but are now starting to find a place on the dinner table instead like um i think there's a I'm not sure which company stocks it, but it was called like Indeterminate um, Mangle, I think it was, or Sweet Mangles, something like that, um, as a beet variety. And I know mangles from um, you know my time in the UK as that is something that you grow for livestock. Um, so it was really like kind of strange for me to see that in a catalogue being um, available as something you know that was for us to grow but we're starting to see a lot more of these crops that are you know a lot more older historical varieties um but they're now finding a place for us to eat and are actually quite palatable for us to eat as well and for those of you that are you know kind of interested in breeding these different um plants for your own use in your back garden or creating your own land races like having these types of crops that pull double duty is really really valuable so let's talk about um where to grow carrots because most plants do best in a sunny or a semi-sunny location of your garden and carrots are the same they can take some shade but will grow much better if they are in the sun and the humble carrot is actually a cool climate crop so it's one of those things that we can sow very early in spring or um, we can sow them in the fall if you're in a subtropical climate and grow them through the winter um, so like my friends and family down in texas they can have a crop of carrots 
growing through winter whereas um, that is not something that I'm able to do up here in Maine. Um, it's often recommended to grow carrots after a heavy feeding crop that has been grown in that space um, the year before. So carrots might follow potatoes or cabbages, for example, if you're looking at a crop rotation plan. And carrots don't grow well if there's a lot of nitrogen in that soil, which is why they're something that you follow after a heavy feeder like potatoes or cabbage where you might have added some well-rotted manure or some extra stuff to help that grow. Carrots are sometimes referred to as a light feeder because they don't take up a lot of nitrogen. And in fact, if they're growing somewhere that's got um, a lot of nitrogen that's in there, you're going to find that those roots will fork and they'll get like really hairy on the roots and stuff. They just they just don't grow well if they're in a space that's had like a lot of composted manure added to it. So follow those with something that has taken up a lot of that excess. Um, nitrogen that's there like the brassicas like cabbages and stuff they like a lot of that nitrogen because that helps produce that lush green growth on those plants so we do need to prepare the soil for carrots though to grow a good crop so we can add compost or leaf mold um, add those to the garden bed to help retain moisture in the soil and that's going to help your carrot seedlings get established because constant moisture is definitely needed for germination um, you can cover your carrots that have been seeded in the garden bed with burlap or damp newspaper that's a trick that i see a lot of gardeners um, using to help keep that moisture in the soil and help those carrots get started you want to be checking under your burlap or newspaper every couple of days and remove that cover to water the area if it's looking dry because those seeds need the moisture to germinate and once your seeds have germinated you can remove that cover but you need to keep that soil moisture consistent and if you grow um, carrots early in the spring so you're sowing your seeds around now maybe a little earlier if you're in a warmer area um, the rains usually help take care of the watering for you but in drier climates you're going to need to help your carrots along with additional watering to help keep them growing now if you're growing a small crop of carrots let's say you're working in a in a backyard and you've got a little space in your raised bed that you're wanting to do you could actually pre-germinate your seeds indoors about two days before planting so you can spread seeds out on some damp paper towels roll it up loosely pop it into a plastic bag and keep it somewhere warm and then that'll encourage that germination so then you can plant your pre-sprouted seed every two to three inches apart and that's obviously going to help speed things up quicker carrots can take like three weeks to germinate um so that's a long time in the realm of the garden and sometimes we can forget where things are one trick is to sow radishes with your carrots so you can see where things are growing but also those radishes growing they're pretty quick like they'll be done within about 21 days so you can be pulling out the radishes as those um, carrots are starting to germinate and um, getting established so that's another trick you can try as well and of course the radishes are going to help shade that soil and help keep some of that um, water in but 
just because we're not adding too much to the soil for our carrots um you know we don't want to be adding like well rotted manure or anything like that just some compost or, or leaf mold to help add that humus to help retain the moisture but if your soil ph is more on the low end for that means that it's more acidic like mine is here in maine then you could be adding some wood ash and that's going to help provide um, some balance to your pH because wood ash is alkaline so it's going to raise that pH and bring it more in line with neutral um, but adding wood ash is also going to add potassium to the soil so it's what was known as potash um, you know back in in the old days um it was fairly common to be adding wood ash from the fireplace and adding potassium is going to help your carrots grow strong and sweet i tend to be a lot more cautious with adding wood ash from the fireplace certainly where i lived in utah the soil was naturally alkaline so i did not want to be adding um, wood ash to that soil because that's just going to make it more alkaline um, so I didn't want to be doing that but here I'm in a different situation um, so I, I maybe would add like a scoop let's say like a 16 to 24 ounce cup kind of size to maybe 10 gallons or two buckets of compost that's being added to the garden bed and the garden bed let's say I'm planting maybe I don't know five feet maybe of carrots like five feet by three feet so that kind of size like it's not an overly big space so I don't want to be adding tons of um, wood ash I mean you can always add a little bit more later and that's kind of how I tend to go is a little on the low side and then I can add a little bit more later um, you could also add wood ash to your compost bin and mix it all up together with your composting materials and then spread that on the garden beds throughout that's another way that you can do it but again you don't want to be adding lots and lots and lots of it to your compost um, you know because that can end up making it too too alkaline so um, just something to, to think about. Um, I know my great-grandfather used to use wood ash from um, the fireplace. He would put it down on the garden paths. Um, so he would just put it on the pathways in the garden. And that's, that's how he would use it. Um, but there's lots of different articles that are available online to check out on how to use wood ash in your garden. Um, so definitely take a look at those if you have um, a lot of fireplaces like I do and a lot of wood ash. Um, all right, companion plants. So you can grow your carrots side by side with onions or garlic and that is a very common one, particularly in the UK, of growing your carrots with onions because they both help to deter pests for, for the other crops. So your onion fly is um, warded off by the carrots and the carrot fly is warded off by the onions. So that's pretty common. Um, but you could also grow your um, carrots with tomatoes and that's kind of how I like to do it now um, is growing tomatoes with um, my my carrots um, but you want to avoid planting dill or fennel near your carrots like those those plants don't really play well with others um, so I tend to grow those either separately in a herb garden um, or in the case of bulbing fennel which I very very much love um, I tend to grow bulbing fennel near flowers like marigolds or zinnias that 
provide like a space like a good gap before i start putting in other vegetable crops that are planted near them so i like to just keep my my bulbing fennel separate um and uh, keep my carrots with my tomatoes or with my onions and garlic but lettuces also work well so if you're looking for something that you can grow that's kind of small and nearby um, lettuce is an easy one carrots range um in their days to maturity um they can be around like 68 days through to 85 um there's there's quite a range maybe even 90 for some varieties um around 75 days is most common for most varieties and for most gardeners again your your days to maturity is an average it's in ideal growing conditions for that variety and just because it says 70 days on that packet seed packet doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be 70 days for your garden you might have really great growing conditions and it might be ready in 65 days or 68 days or 72 days or you know it might be on the other side right you might not have great growing conditions it might be a cooler um, time of year for you so it might take a little bit longer but taking notes of when you sowed your seeds when you started to see the germination and when you actually reach the harvest size is going to help you hone in for how um, this variety grows for you and your garden um, you can pull up carrots by hand um, if certainly when I was learning how to garden um i was always told to harvest at the end of the row because when you started harvesting carrots particularly early in the season you would attract the carrot fly so you'd only want to be going from one end because that where those carrots were disturbed that was where those carrot fly would be attracted to so you're only going to end up with problems on you know the roots that are kind of near there versus if you're going through the row and pulling out carrots um then you know you can end up attracting the carrot fly you know throughout your whole carrot bed one trick that i saw in um the allotment was um some of the gardeners would take an old pair of of tights um so your your um your nylons your hose i guess um and they would stretch them around their garden bed so they would tie them across so they were at soil level and you know up a good you know three four five inches or so um so it was kind of like strung around with you know pairs of tights or stockings and um that would stop the carrot fly from flying through and um finding your carrots it would get caught in in the old pairs of tights um of course you know a pair of fishnets might not work because the the gaps are quite there but you know your average kind of nylon um stockings would work so if you have a pair that you've inadvertently got a a hole in that you know now can't be used then you might be able to use them in in the garden um but when you're pulling them you can pull them up by hand if you've got you know good good loose soil um, or you can carefully lift them up with a garden fork um storing carrots in a root cellar using damp sand or damp 
peat or um, even fall leaves is actually a more traditional way of storing carrots. Um, you could use ventilated containers like wood barrels. That was fairly common. Um, but even, a, you know, metal trash cans could be used. And you want to take some precautions um, for guarding against rodents, particularly if you're you know, storing things in a root cellar. Um, I would definitely be looking to metal containers to keep the pests out partly because I live rurally and I know pests are a thing um but where I lived you know in the suburbs um there was a lot more like things you know were a lot better made like I didn't have a, a house that's as old as the farmhouse that I live in now with lots of places for rodents to squeeze through um so you know plastic containers also work like I know people who store carrots in um like plastic totes with um damp sand and the damp sand makes things heavy um so don't use a giant um tote because um you're gonna have to lift and move that um so they use kind of small plastic totes and sand and that works great for them you could also look to blanching and freezing your carrot harvest if a root cellar or a clamp is too much hassle for you to make. Um, but you can also pressure can carrots to store them because carrots are a low acid food, so you have to pressure can those. Um, and again, there's lots of information that's available um, through like the USDA or um, I think it's the University of Georgia. Um, they've done a great set of information that's available for free online. Um, on how to can pretty much everything um, that you could think of. So um, that is a really great resource to check out as well. Now, when it comes to saving seeds for carrots, um, the carrot is a biennial plant. So it needs a period of cool weather to go through that triggers the flowering next year. And that's called vernalization. Um, if you're in a mild area, you can keep the carrots in the ground over winter. You could put some straw mulch over and um, call it good. Like in, in spring, those carrots are going to come out. They're going to start to grow and will produce flowers that the bees and the wasps and everything is going to love those flowers. Um, but most carrots that are being um, used for seed saving are actually lifted in fall and are stored in a basement like in a somewhere that's cool um, might be out in a shed and then they're planted out in the next spring so to save carrots for seed you would be digging up the roots before the first hard frost and you want to be carefully removing as much of the soil off the roots as possible but you don't wash the roots so you want to be harvesting them when it's kind of dry out so there's not so much stuff like sticking to them um, that makes it a bit easier but you don't want to wash the roots because um, then they don't store as well so if they've got a bit of um, dirt on them that's okay but any kind of big clods of dirt you want to try and carefully take off and then you want to be cutting the leaves off and you want to leave about a quarter of an inch to half an inch of the leaf stem at the very top um, of the carrot that's known as the crown um, anything that looks diseased or that's been damaged when you were lifting it up then you don't want to um, save those um, so you want to discard those um, you also want to be taking a look at the root itself um, anything that has forked or has got lots of the root hairs all growing out of it um, like if it's something like out of an HP Lovecraft novel for example then you don't want to be um, putting those in for your seed saving because you're going to perpetuate that type of 
root and growth habit in your next generation. So you want to be looking at those roots that look like the types that you would want to be harvesting in the next season. So um, remove those that don't look like it and, you know, just pop those in the the garbage or the compost like wherever you want to get rid of those if it's something that's diseased maybe don't put it in the compost heap um and if it's damaged because it got a fork through it as you were lifting it eh, maybe you can have that for dinner instead and but your seed saving carrots you can store those in some cedar wood shavings cedar is great because it's going to help reduce any pests and ward off kind of disease and stuff so um and it's going to avoid kind of growth happening so that's that's kind of good and that's what a lot of um kind of commercial seed farmers use is some cedar wood shavings and you can place them in a paper bag or in a perforated plastic bag somewhere um that pests like rats and mice can't get to the roots but it also needs to be somewhere that is cool and humid small number of roots could be kept in a refrigerator maybe put a note on them do not eat um but a bigger number might be more suited to putting them in a garden shed into a container um and you might find you know as you're going through any carrots that you have put for storage like in your clamp or your um root cellar you might find some in there instead that might be good for um planting now in spring you'll need to prepare the carrots for replanting. So you want to be thinking about this kind of early in the season um, because you're going to have to remove any that have gone bad in storage. And then you want to be trimming off the bottom third of the carrot. And um, this has got a couple of purposes. One, you can it helps to stimulate the growth of the taproot again for it to then flower but also it gives you an opportunity to check those carrots like does it taste how you want does it look how you want on the inside and you want to remove those carrots that don't meet your requirements so maybe you want a carrot that is purple all the way through like from the outside to the core and some of the carrots that you've cut open are yellow or orange on the inside or maybe one carrot was sweet and delicious that you tried and the other one tastes like soap well you probably don't want to be saving seed from the soapy tasting carrots right um but maybe you want to be saving seed from those like really sweet carrots instead um maybe that the purple carrot that you're looking for um you know there's only a couple of those that are purple all the way through but everything else is yellow or orange but that's not what you're looking for so maybe you discard those yellow or orange carrots and you're only looking to save seed from those purple ones that tasted sweets for example so this is like a great opportunity for you to really decide what it is that you're wanting from your carrot and this is you know one of the great things about seed saving and saving seeds from your own garden because the, you're basically producing what you want for your carrots or whatever that you're starting to save seed from now you want to be letting that cut end of the carrot heal over for a day or so before you plant them out into garden and this is going to avoid them just rotting in the garden instead 
the crown of that carrot where those leaves were um that wants to be just above the soil line so kind of when you're replanting your carrots you want to kind of mimic how they were in that first year of growth and what's going to happen is when you plant those back out or you water them in your plants are going to be growing out again and they're going to start putting up some lush leaf growth they're going to start putting roots down and the plants are going to get big like carrots can get to be like five feet tall for the flowers so they can get pretty hefty um so don't be surprised if you end up needing to tie some string around or something to kind of help hold them up a little bit so they're not flopping over everywhere and taking up all of your garden space but know that the plants are going to get big and will take up more space and as your plants are growing and they're going through to their seed stage, you want to be pulling out any plants that look weak or are succumbing to diseases or pests before they flower. Um, and that's a process that's known as roguing. And you want to be doing that just generally in your garden when you're looking for seed saving opportunities you want to be saving seeds from your best plants the ones that are thriving and growing really well now if wild carrots like queen anne's lace isn't an issue where you live then you might be able to grow your carrots to seed without an isolation cage so you can have them grow open and have things you know pollinate and you know the insects can do what they need to do but if wild carrot is nearby like it is for me i have wild carrot growing in the grass like it's everywhere in my backyard then i definitely need an isolation cage when i'm growing the carrots because that's to stop it cross-pollinating like the queen anne's lace cross-pollinating with my garden because the insects don't mind they're just like oh look there's these flowers over here and oh look there's another set over here too and they're just going to be happily visiting everything um, that is flowering at the same time so using the isolation cage is going to prevent that cross-pollination so it's going to help my carrots you know pollinate together but when you use an isolation cage, you're going to need to introduce some pollinators into that isolation cage to produce those seeds. So you'll need to think about that when it comes to your seed saving. But once they're pollinated, it takes about six weeks for that seed to mature. And those flower heads on the plant mature at different rates. So um, carrots send out like one main flower spike um first and then they'll start sending out other multiple flower spikes and heads so you know as a home gardener it's quite easy to go around and cut off the um, carrot flower heads as those seeds have matured and i would let my carrots dry in paper sandwich bags a bit longer before putting on some gardening gloves and rubbing the seeds off the stalks um, but i would periodically go through the garden and remove those um flower heads or seed heads that were ready and then just let them dry out a bit longer so i would kind of do it in small small batches and that works um you know for most small gardeners um if you have a mesh screen that makes removing the seeds off the stalks a lot easier um i quite like rubbing the seeds together though and i will do that to help um, remove some of the little hairs on the carrot seeds so you'll you'll see as you're growing and saving your own seed that seeds that you're getting in a seed packet look a lot different to um what is grown on a plant sometimes so like carrot seed has all these little hairs that are on there and um, one of the things i would do on a little breezy day 
is I would go outside and rub those seeds together in my hands and then let it drop into a bucket and the wind would just blow off some of that chaff and then the good seed will fall to the bottom you can do it with a small fan on on low um but just make sure you're somewhere ventilated because when you're saving seed and removing chaff it gets dusty um so you know you might want to think about some ppe personal protective equipment having a dust mask or something like that um to help reduce um you know issues with the dust but carrots produce an amazing amount of seeds and it's totally possible for you to save seeds of carrots even in a small garden. Um, you don't necessarily need to have the carrots in the ground either. You could look at growing the carrots in a small container and having them for seed saving, um, you know, like a, a patio planter or even, you know, a bag of old compost or something something like that to to use up get creative with what you're putting your plants into especially when it comes to seed um because having your own seed is really going to liberate you in terms of having that freedom right having the freedom to grow your own food but also where it comes from and you're having that sustainable practice of being able to save and grow your own seed and keep your garden growing and when your seeds properly dried and stored for carrots it can be good for up to six years and off a very very small patch of carrots um i want to say that i maybe only had like five or six plants i got like a pint at least a pint of carrot seed and that's going to keep me going for quite some time <laughs> in a small garden. So it's not like you're needing to be saving seed from carrots every single year that you're growing them. Because they're producing a good amount of seed, once you take that time to dry it and store it properly, you can keep having seed available um, for many, many gardens to come. And you're not having to keep purchasing packets of seed, which may be have i don't know i mean it can really vary i've had packets of seed that have had like i don't know maybe enough to do a small garden bed with like maybe 50 seeds but then i've had other seed packets where there's had 200 seeds but even so at sort of four or five dollars a packet that can really add up um whereas just a little bit of extra time um i can have plenty of seed to keep me and my neighbors growing carrots for quite some time but i would love to hear from you what is your favorite of carrot to grow let me know over in the facebook group and until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you next week